So, John, it's uh, nice to have you back after you abandoned me last week to a life of sex, drugs and rock and roll. I didn't abandon you. You abandoned me first. I just had to just kind of go off into a cave and deal with the sadness of having been abandoned by you. Oh, come on. I think I think we're going to have to bring in an attorney here to work, to work this one out. <laughs> Acrimonious. <laughs> no, no, no. We're well beyond attorneys, and now it's time for like you know uh, uh, kickboxing. So let's uh, okay, we'll we'll settle this uh, this dispute uh, with our marriage counselor later. Let's um let, let's say something positive in order to to, to restore the atmosphere. Well, I have something positive, you know, how we've been uh, asking people to write in, give us back any fe- uh, any feedback or anything. Um, uh, Evan Stone, uh, you met him once, I think, didn't we have lunch together? Or? I believe we did, yes. We did. He sent me a, a nice long direct message and he says, among other things, anyway, that episode you and Scotty did about APIs was great. I totally had the same experience Scotty was referring to with the circular references mixing Swift and Objective-C on a recent client project totally crazy and we ended up recommending that we just stick with objective c um he goes on to say i'm also trying to to launch my own podcast so i'll probably mention that if we can get it off the ground so uh evan thanks for the the comments and if you get your podcast off and running uh maybe you can have us as guests or something (laughs) the more the merrier but thank you so much for 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 writing yeah thanks thanks for the feedback evan and anybody else who'd like to give us feedback um please please do yeah this uh, this whole api thing is uh, Swift thing, it's it's still making me more and more convinced um, about trying to keep each code base in its original language. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, I, I I love Swift and anything I start new, I'm doing in Swift and um, you know Swift is my language of choice and, and all of that. But it's uh, uh, you know, there are ways around some of the stuff that we we mentioned in there. Of um, you know, it's the same way that you. Always get around that type of thing um, of uh, circular references of header files where you just do um, forward class declarations and that sort of stuff in your header file and then actually include the header file in the um, the .m file in order that it's uh, um, you don't get the circular references. But you know, it's just the fact that your entire Swift header is in one file means you can end up start doing a lot of that. Um, and it just feels like you know, to me, it it just feels like the moment you are having to coerce the system to to make this work, then you know it's not good in my opinion, um, or it doesn't quite feel right. So uh, it's um, uh, as I said, there is no no good reason not to use Objective C at the moment. So um, it's. Uh, yeah, that day you know who didn't come. have this problem? Who who didn't have this problem? So my alarm is just going off, John, to tell me that I should be recording with you. So um, I'm just um, going to obey it. So there we go. The people who didn't have to deal with this problem, the people who, who actually built meaningful pieces of software, you know, the things that kind of would uh, provide guidance for rockets and whatnot. <laughs> Don't you have something to tell us about Oh, that? yeah. I mean, this is just a complete aside, but it's um, a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, uh, they open sourced the um, original Apollo 11 guidance computer source code, um, which is completely useless to anybody. But just as a piece of history and um, uh, an article around it, I just thought thought w- was fascinating. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it at all. 
I I haven't done uh, any comments or made any pull requests, but that was wasn't that largely written by a woman, and the name is escaping me. But I will find it and put it in the in the in the notes. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to we'll link to the show notes, and there's a it's a great article with um, some history behind it and uh, uh, some other stuff as well, and it's it's really worth a read. It's all assembler code, assembly code. Um, uh, so it's uh, the director of engineering was Margaret Hamilton. Is that who you're thinking of? That's yeah, what I'm thinking. Yeah, of, and there's yeah. some, some great photos of the time and, and story, and uh, uh, there's a picture of her with the printout of the source code, which is about as tall as she is. So right. It's, um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's 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 a great piece of history, um, and one of the um, well, <laughs> one of the reasons it sort of uh, does make me giggle a little bit with my own sort of private sort of humour that um, only makes me happy um, is I have been. Uh, trying to upgrade a whole bunch of open source libraries in the code base this week um and uh, I'll, I'll talk about some of my issues with that in a moment but you know so i've been having to troll back through a, a lot of these libraries that haven't been updated a long time ago and so you're seeing all this stuff of a uh, uh, you know, last updated eight years ago or last updated six years ago in, in GitHub um, with these open source libraries I've been using. And, and here we are, we have the uh, Apollo 11 uh, guidance system uh, in here and in GitHub it was last updated seven days ago. So it's, <laughs> if they could, and I, know, I know that is totally false and whatever else, but it, it did make me giggle a little bit. <laughs> Well, it, it reminds me of there's a, a fellow uh, who, who tweets and blogs under the name uh, Burrito Justice, and he's one of these uh, map history nerds that I, that I love uh, getting to hang out with. And uh, he told me that it was possible to travel faster from San Francisco to San Jose on train back in 18-something or other than it is today, which I absolutely believe. Anybody who's taken Caltrain uh, will know that I'm telling the truth. So I don't it know. probably didn't uh, stop anywhere other than got... San Jose, though, did it? <laughs> well, that, yeah, there's that, but I think in all reality, is that the trains were they were you know there was no other option, so it was it, all effort was was put into to making it work decently. But it just uh, goes to tell you that uh, we may not have made as much progress as we think. No, I think we uh, we like to think we're further ahead than we uh, we actually are. Um, I've been, as I said, this week it's, uh, I, I said a few weeks ago that I've um, taken on a couple of older code bases of some products, which I, I will eventually talk about. I don't think I'm quite ready to yet, um, partly because I haven't necessarily spoken to some of the original owners of the source code about what I should and shouldn't and can't say and whatever else, and I don't want to speak without sort of, a, you know, showing them some respect on this stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the two two code bases i've been looking at this week they you know they both they've both used a not an obscene but but a reasonable amount of third-party code in them um uh, these both these applications have then uh, not let's say received too much um tlc over the last uh, over a couple of years um so right now uh, the code bases still both target uh, 10.6 as their um, their Mac applications, as their is their target, which is uh, Snow Leopard and um, quite old now. I mean, 10.6 was probably the foundation release for. Would you agree the foundation release for what we call you know the the modern Mac OS? It's where we had Grand Grand Central yes. Dispatch and I think you know Arc didn't Arc come in at uh, 
ten six, and um, I mean it was a bit rough in ten six, and you know so the so ten six was really the found that you know, supporting older than ten six, I would say is virtually impossible these days. But um, you can stretch back to supporting ten six if you really have to. Um, anyway, so there's lots of um, this code is still pre arc, so it's not been ever converted to arc. I think there's a little bit of GC code in there as well. Um, now I. I think I'm right in saying that GC code will not run properly in macOS Sierra. Am I? Um, I, I believe mm -hmm. I believe that's that right. Um, so if you've still got some GC code in your stuff, that's you've got to sort that out. So you know, the first thing I've taken on this code base, and the first thing I did is open up in Xcode and and try and build it. Now, you know, using Xcode seven three, or you know, maybe even trying Xcode eight. Um, Getting getting a code base that old to build was you know took some work, um, but uh, you know this, this whole thing of Xcode only shipping with the latest SDK or the latest SDK minus one. Now you can get old Mac SDKs into Xcode, but you've got to you know you've got to sort of literally coerce them inside the Xcode package, which doesn't feel like that's something you're supposed to really do. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, just as an aside, I, I wonder if this exists anywhere because I, I have similar problems, and, and so we can't be the only people on the planet. Is it? It would be lovely to be able to go back in time and have access to a VM online where you could pull a Git repository or whatever, pull some source code off of the internet, and be able to open things up in older versions of Xcode so that you can kind of start pushing them along further. Do you think that's at all possible? Um, I think such, I such think there will be a whole bunch of licensing issues to do with the fact you'd now be distributing Mac OS or OS X. Um, and I think, I can't remember, I think it was actually even officially not allowed to run OS X in a VM before, was it 10.8? Mm -hmm. Maybe 10.9? I can't remember. Someone can correct us there. But, it, I mean, definitely it's, you know, in the past you couldn't and you had to do some some tricky things but you know the reality is i did get these code bases building in 7.3 um i couldn't get them to build folk uh, uh with 10.6 as a target um you know so i managed to get 10.6 as a build sdk into xcode 7 um uh but i would you know it just wouldn't build um and so i did go back uh to a vm in the end um and so for one of these code bases, I'm actually working in 10.7 with Xcode 3. <laughs> There's quite a difference mm. between Xcode 3 and um, uh, and Xcode 8. Point, uh, you know, 8 beta 3, which came out this week. It shows you how much, if you want to see how much Xcode has changed in the last four or five years, that's quite a good way of spending a couple of days. Um, and the other VM, I think I'm working in 10.8 and Xcode 4. So this week I've worked in Xcode 8, Xcode 7, Xcode four and Xcode three, um, and you know that's that's been quite interesting. But what I did find, um, uh, I don't want to keep using the word interesting. Is you know, let's you know, let's take one of the code bases. I brought in uh, using um, Xcode three, uh, sorry Xcode four, uh, and I targeted ten seven, and I had ten seven as the SDK. Um, the compiler uh, gave me different warnings when I built it to building against 10.7 using the 10.7 SDK in Xcode 7. Um, so mm. it wasn't building 
in the same way doing the same thing or even giving me the same warnings and i thought yeah well, that's um uh, yeah, I, I find that quite interesting that he wasn't doing that. So really, so what I've decided to do now is I've gone back to Xcode three for the one source code base and Xcode four for the other, and to you know to bring the code up to um, you know as up to date as you can in those versions, and then upgrade the OS in the VM and upgrade the Xcode in the VM and do it the next stage in, in, in whatever else. Now, it's the code that belongs to the app is great. You know, you can do your you know choose your edit menu or whatever it is and convert to arc and um you know let it do its thing and fix the problems and whatever else but you know there's there's third party code in here and uh as you just begin to look at that code you realize that some of this code has not been maintained in years um so some of it is is uh now you can run non-arc code when you convert to arc you can just <clears throat> flag them in the compiler to, to not have to move to arc but um, uh, this this whole concept of having to work out, you know, when, you know, what version of third-party code I have versus you know what is now available, and even though the ones that available says you know last updated four years ago, I'm to diff it with what I've got. Work out do I want to upgrade it? Does it support Arc? Some of them can I even find them anymore? Um, I think we spoke a few weeks ago about some of them you were using Interface Builder 3 plugins, which don't mm, work anymore. Right. Um, and it just really brought home to me uh, something I said at uh, a talk I gave at UICOMP from Berlin when I was asked about um, uh, why I didn't, wasn't currently considering using reactive programming is, you know, if you're going to put third-party code in your, um, in your application, you need to be prepared to you know one day maybe have to be the maintainer of that code because the person who wrote it doesn't want to anymore um and so here i am now finding you know yeah, there's maybe 10 10 third-party libraries in, in in this one app wow um and some of them you know they're just not needed any longer because um it can uh, uh they're now stuff in the sdk um, some of them I can just bring up to date. So, like licensing code, um, you know, it's you know, this particular app uses CocoaFob, and it's got a version of CocoaFob that's about five years old, but CocoaFob is still pretty well maintained. Um, so, it's just about bringing it up to date to the latest one. Um, and then there's other libraries that you just, you know, this this app is using. Um, is it ASI HTTP, which is sort of like. Um, mm officially will still build in whatever else but it's you know who, who has put that in their app in the last you know four years um so yeah it, it's it's just a real lesson here that uh uh if you if your code base is being constantly maintained and constantly brought up to date and you're gradually moving this stuff in and out then that, that's cool but as soon as there's a gap as soon as you don't touch something for even a year maybe you know you, you, there's there's a lot of work to do there um you know, it's different work to if this was all just code in the application that you could just run the the arc converter on or whatever else and, and just do your thing on. And so, um, you know, it's uh, I don't want to sound like a third party code hater. I know a lot of people think I are, but I am paying the price of unmaintained third party code this week. Bitrot does definitely set in very quickly. I'm I. I I share some of your pain. I'm, I'm, I, I almost am too embarrassed to admit this on air, but uh, you know, I was looking over. I was looking over the memory miner project, and 
man, I, I just, it, it started crying. There's two things that came to mind. One, there's a hell of a lot of stuff in there. Um, wow. Uh, with plugins and, and, and all the, the complexity of, of the, you know, the IB plugins and then my plugins for things like, you know, objective uh, flicker, which uses this objective flicker framework, which was great and and was perfectly well maintained. And, but it switched the the version I was using, you know, had garbage collection. There was a thing called data crux, which was a a way of getting, uh, using, uh, you know, kind of a very crude object relationship layer sitting on top of SQLite. And I was looking at the code there. It's like, you know, trying to automatically convert it to arc. And it had some things, uh, of like using ID in a, in a C struct, which I never paid attention to. I probably back then I wouldn't have even understood what that meant. Now I do and still don't understand why it would have <laughs> needed to be done that way. And and I just I at some point I I kind of threw up my hands and it's like, wow, this is this is really hard. And and I just remember that one of the things I'd started doing some probably about two, three years ago was trying to 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 move one you know, the main non UI framework because I was doing some stuff to, to make a, an importer uh, from memory minor libraries into Findry, and that still works, and that compiles just fine now, and it doing the trick of saying, well, you know, this code will uh, not use uh, Arc, and this one will. Um, and I was just thinking to myself, gosh, what do I do to, to move on to it? Because I think about, you know, some of the libraries, some of the IB plugins, for example, you know, one was the, the, the RB split view that I've spoken about. And I I'd, I'd had somebody help me to, to move that onto plain old NS split view. But then there were other things. There was like a, something called BG HUD. It was basically, it's a, a you know, HUD view class, which I'd used in a bunch of places. And, and it, it was created because there was no uh, HUD view for certain things like scrollers. I don't even know if there are now, but at the point I was just saying, well, you know, I could live without it. But now that I know that you have somewhere uh, a copy of, of Xcode 3 running, I'm going to like, you know, send you, send you $15, uh, which by now should be worth 100 pounds. You know, you could probably buy a beer with it. Um, and beg you to open up these zip files and, and just like you know convert these classes to, to their their non-union NS equivalent and ship them back to me. And this could become a lucrative business for you. There are probably at least three or four people on the planet <laughs> who would buy you beer to solve this problem for them. That sounds that, that sounds more lucrative than many of my business ideas. <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> that's why I wasn't. So, so I'm serious. So, so you know, I understand that the licensing issues of a VM, but you know, let's imagine that you could, you know, uh, gather up a bunch of discarded modems found in the in the barns in East Bollockshire, bond them together so that you could have a reasonable, you know, outbound network speed, and then basically, you know, install uh, what's it called VNC on a bunch of, of of you know what's the word I'm looking for vintage Macs. And just sent up a kind of like you know virtual internet cafe, a virtual Xcode lab um, for the world at large, and you could charge, as I said, you know at least fives of dollars per 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 hour. Yeah, which is I say with the, with the current complete crash of the pound, a dollar is actually worth something now. Exactly. Yeah, but it, but it, it does read. But it, it, I'd be curious to see how you you get along with it because I I, I you know. I, I started out with the idea. It's like, okay, well, at least I need to be able to get it to build to to replace some some deprecated, you know, API, um, because it just to solve a problem where it basically you know will not open on whatever you know uh, Yosemite right now, right? Is that right? Yes. Uh, no, not whatever the current shipping OS. El Capitan. Is. El Capitan, right? So basically, they they remove some API so it crashes on launch, um, and so I was just for for want of that horseshoe. 
you know, I went back and tried to look at a bunch of things and I, I couldn't even get to the point where I could open the project coherently and, and, and just remove that code. I probably could if I had an old ver- older version of Xcode and I have it somewhere on a disk, but it comes down to the, the, the exactly what you're saying. It's like, you know, the cost, even, even the startup cost of setting up Xcode and the SDKs and the right versions is, is not trivial. And if you're talking about replacing some functionality of like, Let's take ASI HTTP networking or something. I, I remember reading about. It. I never used it, but it you know it was the it, AF networking, which is a lovely framework. I wouldn't use it now because it kind of it's not even necessary. But it was the clean, nice replacement for ASI HTTP, whatever that 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 framework was. And uh, so you kind of have to come to the conclusion of could you just completely rewrite it? it you know, in less time than it would to try and bootstrap and and and. And bring yeah, I'm forward. trying to do this properly, and in, in, in rather than you know, rather than even if the um, third-party code has been maintained, um, you know, try and make the decision: should I rip this out now? Um, I mean, the reality is, you know, this this app is this one particular app I'm working on is currently you know, users haven't had an update to it in you know, 18 months, um, maybe even longer, two years, and um, you know, it's it's in version 2.5 one or something like that you know and, and you know the reality is when i make my first release of this app um you know with the with the grand you know this app's been taken over it's being given tlc we've got great plans for the future all the normal marketing you know um stuff that goes when when, when someone takes over an app um you know i'm going to release you know 2.52 which to the user will look like there is nothing changed other than the copyright notice but there could be absolutely weeks worth of work in it to just try and um, you know bring the code base up to something I'm prepared to work on for the next uh, couple of years, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and so yeah, this is you know our users don't care if if the um, if the app supports Arc or not, um, but I do. It's you know there is no nothing that says you have to uh, you have to use Arc in your code if you want to use Retain Release. Um, and I'm sure there's listeners. Uh, to this podcast who've never even written the word retain or release in their code um arc is old enough for that to be the case now um but if you want to you still can but it just sort of feels like you're not doing it you know you, you you're not doing um doing it properly by doing that so you know the, the, these these apps you know i think you know i could always say well i'll just update them slowly as i go and whatever else but the reality is yeah, that's not going to happen. And equally, I think if you're working on an older code base, um, and I, I'm not very good at attention spans and things like this as well, but if you're working on an older code base, um, if you were constantly having to say, well, you know, I better spend today updating this bit or this bit, updating that bit, I think you, know, you can actually um, become quite jaded by having to work on it. Um, and I think some of your enthusiasm could probably for, for your application disappear. So I, I'm sort of working on the basis if I'm, and I'm working on this part time because I'm consulting at the same time. So it's not like I'm sat here 40 hours a week, you know, converting art code because that would just be miserable. Um, but it's, you know, I th- I'm just hoping that if I put in a, a, a few weeks or a couple of months to, to make this work, there's no time pressure because, you know, the app hasn't gone into a release cycle again. Users aren't expecting an update to come next week because they just think, you know, I'm sure many of them think the app is dead or whatever. Um, so, you know, just get this done and then hopefully, 
you. There'll be a code base that I will then enjoy working on and will be pleasurable and have more enthusiasm for, can do more in my spare time on if it's if that's the nature of the app has to be, where it builds some income. Um, so yeah, so there's this, this, you know, I'm sure there's many reasons why people should be saying I should do this just a little bit more slowly and just start adding some features. Uh, and other people say, no, no, clean, clean this uh, SOB up and, um, and and get it good and work on it. And I'm sure there's others who'd say, just rewrite it in Swift because that won't take long, surely. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, it is interesting. Um, working in Xcode three is fascinating. Um, I I hadn't I just totally forgotten. Like I clicked on a, a nib file um a couple of days ago it's the first time i'd gone to one of the nibs in, in the application and it was a nib not a zib um and mm. of course the separate interface builder app opened up and it was like whoa <laughs> i forgot this <laughs> yeah <laughs> where funny, did this yeah. come from i totally forgotten about that um and i remember when we moved to xcode 4 um you know the sort of debates that were going on about interface builder now being built into xcode and it going to this you know single window thing and um, it did just you know and it was so controversial at the time and it did just feel so weird having interface builder disconnected and equally you you did begin to realize now some of this is just because of updates to Xcode as opposed to the fact it's integrated but you know you did just sort of suddenly realize you know the amount of information that is available when working on a nib when it's integrated in Xcode that just wasn't when it was an interface builder uh, with, with some of the sort of uh, uh, error checking it can be doing and, and, and the type checking on what you're putting into the views and all this sort of stuff. Um, you may just think, yeah, yeah, X, Xcode has come on a long way, come on a long way. Mm. And even, and I think one of the things I find most shocking is um, uh, if you've got a VM lying around or just go find some screenshots is is the visual difference between um, OS 10 10.7 and um, El Capitan. It's, it's huge. It's like a different OS. Um, it really does. It, yeah, I remember 10.7, you know, it felt so silky at the time. It was like um, that progression between 10.4, 10.5, 10.6 in, in, in the, how the UI was looking. 10.7 was like, you know, had this real modern feel to it at the time, I remember. And now it's like using classic Mac. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> it's it's which is quite strange and, and and you've not really noticed those changes going forward in a way that when you just go back that huge jump it's quite stark well we should all take the you know there should be ways of of, of appreciating these things but i guess you only get to appreciate them if you actually go through it and then otherwise people are like saying you know well, grandpa why are you telling me about this yeah so i i have to ask this so i've been hearing animals in the background so are, are those geese or those and have you asked them whether they think arc is a good thing or not um if they're a geese they must be somewhere on the skype line because there's no geese here maybe it may be a pigeon ah. or two um uh mm. the birds are awake but then again it's uh we've been having a mini heat wave here in the uk um it was 91 degrees yesterday um which wow. is uh of course you know we've had no summer here in the uk at all it's been cold it's been wet um, and we've had two days of sunshine, and everyone's moaning that it's too hot. <laughs> it's, it's like, give me a break. <laughs> Let's enjoy it while it's here. So, um, yeah, it's 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 uh, just gone six a.m. in the morning now, and it's already up to just over eighty degrees here. So, um, it's going to be another another good day, I think. So, um, but uh, that might, might, might that might be mag the sunshine might be magnifying the sound of the 
of, of the small English birds into these huge sort of geese monsters for your end of the line. But uh, <laughs> there we are. It's um, things are. Uh, it's uh, we're enjoying the three days of English summer. Well, I I think that you should maybe consider that uh, it's time for you to go out and improve your already spectacular tan. Then it is, John. I'm I'm almost yeah. You know, I almost have some colour in me, which is really not like an English person. It mm. it is it is it is quite funny actually. It's uh, um, you know the the sun comes out and um, you don't you don't get much paler skin than than, than an Englishman that's been not seen the sun in seven years. Uh, <laughs> And so, but an English an Englishman that works on code yeah. is like all shades of, of that's right. Pale. And so then and then so suddenly we all stick these shorts on and expose our legs to an unsuspecting world, um, and and then we all go out into the street, you know, into the streets to find lunch because the sun means you go out for lunch, and, and it's like you know you need sunglasses for the glare and reflection. It's just, it's it's um, I don't I don't want to have to think it's about not, it. It's not a pretty sight, I assure you. It's not like uh yeah, it's not like where you're a country used to the sun and everyone's got this, you know, beautiful olive tan skin and <laughs> it's there, it's like this shiny whiteness. <laughs> it's so please tell me that you have an Instagram feed called Shiny White Legs. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know. I, I I don't think I would um be prepared to submit that much horror on the world. I would um yeah. It's uh of course, there are many Englishmen and women who aren't white and have amazing coloured skin who don't uh, contribute to this glare pollution that uh, us whiteies are making. How did we get onto this subject? <laughs> well, I don't know. I was see what I was trying to provide. It was a nice segue to to to, to bring this thing home, but then you wanted you had to go with it. I think it, all you've you? done is driven it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> basically is you know so it proves to you to to come back to it, it's like you need a good guidance system for your podcast and if people in the past could get us to the moon why can't we fucking well get a podcast through without it going off off, off course okay well we've gone off course but let's not go over time so john we are we are coming up to our 30 minutes um you know if if yeah, there may have been something in today that have made people sort of slightly interested in, in, in want to get hold of you or talk to you. Of course, they may never want to hear us again after talking about white legs and whatever else. But uh, John, where will the people find you out on those interwebs? You can find me on the Twitters as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And uh, you can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. You'll find the show notes for this episode at iDeveloper.co. Um, no show next week because I'm going on vacation and I'm vacationing in the UK, which means you can guarantee the sun will have gone <laughs> by the end of this week because um, it's always going to. So um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. So until next time, uh, John, that means you're free to go off and do as much sex, drugs and rock and roll as you like next week. Um, yeah, just just make sure you've uh, finished being in rehab in time for the week after. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's, thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, you take care. Thank you.